Okay, so we're now recording. Welcome back to the Red Dice Diaries RPG podcast. I'm just sat here in the garden with my lovely wife, Hannah, about Hello. to have a quick drink. And what's up? Drink out. As you may or may not be aware, if you follow us on social media, our oven is Kaputski. It's gone to that great big silicone heaven in the sky. So, what Hannah decided to do, and what we've just done, is we built a, a small bonfire in the little fire pit we've got in our back garden. We cooked some sausages over it, or rather the emulsified meat tubes you get from the corner shop. We've just had them in a nice sandwich. We've got some jacket potatoes wrapped up in foil, currently sat cooling down, looking forward to talking into them. And we thought, since we're sat by a campfire, having a drink, why don't we talk about some of those campfire stories, you know, when you... When you talk about your favourite characters and your favourite games and stuff like that. And since this weekend, for the last 15 years, pretty much, we would have been at our regular LARP event. Yeah. I wanted to suggest to John that we start with a story about a campfire. But just before we get into this story... The person who we're going to talk about, we're going to call him George. Indeed. Names have been changed to protect the innocent. We're going to talk about George a lot while we do this. It's not always the same George. Okay, so do you want me to go for it or do you want to tell it? Well, I'll I'll start and you jump in when you're ready, yeah? Set the stage and I'll chip in a few suggestions. So it's the first or second event that we're playing as our new group of greenskins. Orcs and that. We're loving it. We're all there in our costumes. It's brilliant. I've got giant football pads on, padding, stuff like that. Look well cool. John's wearing loads of heavy chainmail. That, that, the weight of that was less cool, but it did look cool. One of our friends has been wearing more armour than he weighs normally. Yeah, he had a massive suit of like metal. I think it was lamellar on. Yeah. And he's only a wee lad himself, so the actual armour weighed more than he did without the armour, if you can imagine that. But he still wore it like a mad ad. He did. He did. It's time for dinner. I'm getting the food on. I've got a whole meal planned for the group of ten, and it involves doing basically two pots of stuff on a gas stove. You know, one of those little one-ring like camping ones you get, the little gas bottle that goes in it. The gas stove runs out of gas. Standard. I reach out. I pick up another one. I stick it in. I take my lighter. I go to light the gas stove, and instead of the flame coming out of the ring on the top, it shoots out of the side. Now, I'm not entirely sure whether this is because I've not put the safety on the gas stove like a numpty. No, I think the the mechanism Or whether it's because something went wrong with the stove. Yeah, yeah. But if you're cooking at a LARP event, double check your stove every time you change that gas. Otherwise, you might find yourself with an impromptu flamethrower instead of the stove you're looking for. We're sitting in this bell tent. With a six-foot fl- jet of flame shooting across the middle. And it was only a little belt. And it was like five man, wasn't it? Or something like that. It, it was a five-metre belt, tent, so it's not a huge one, but it's not a tiny one either. Yeah, yeah. And all the guys are sat around in a circle, and by some miracle, this jet manages to shoot across like the centre of this circle, but not quite touch the pole. So it's not actually hit anything at all. Yeah, that was a small it's miracle. It's just starting to scorch the uh, 
ground sheet. Everybody has a different reaction. The little guy who'd been wearing all of the chainmail, he picks up his beer and tries to put it out with liquid. This was not an ideal solution because the gas in the beer added to the gas for the thing. Yeah, it didn't work out. And the, the ground sheet started to catch. Yeah, that was a great plan from Wee Ploppy. Our friend George, oh, he was a George. hero. Well, on, tell let, what George well, did, let me tell John. you about my reaction first. Because I was sat there and I was wearing like American football pads. And because I've worn my heavy chain, I've been leant forward and I'd not realised that my chain had basically been cutting off the, the circulation to my legs. So I went to stand up to go and try and help. And immediately my legs cramped up underneath me and I got pins and needles all throughout my legs. So I pretty much went, well, there's nothing I could do and just sat back down again. Meanwhile, George, bless him, he leaps up and he ain't never seen George. George is about my sort of build he's a fairly big lad and he was out through that tent door like you ain't never seen anyone move quickly then as he goes through the door i don't know whether he did it by a reflex or what he was thinking or whether i'm not it, even sure he actually did he it. most certainly he did he most certainly way. did because <laughs> we told it, that story it, so many he times. went out through the tent flap and whether it was by instinct or whether he wanted to sacrifice us to the fire god so he could get away, <laughs> he zipped up the tent and then like dashed off across the field so, like he was Speedy Gonzales. So George having zipped us inside, I'm panicking at this point and I don't normally panic about this and I'm normally very good with fire, but I like my fire to be like in logs, like the one we've got here. Gas flames, not so much. And I was in quite a flammable costume, which I should have thought of before I started cooking. Luckily, we were saved by our friend Bongle, who <laughs> he was playing. He had sort of like a a, a mech boy style sort of kit, you know, big welding mask, stuff like that. And his, his costume just happened to have these huge um, welder's gloves. So he literally picked up this thing, which was now entirely on fire. It was like a flaming mass of metal. Just picked it up in his hands, walked outside and proceeded to stamp the living shit out of it on the grass. By this point in time, I'd massaged some blood back into my legs and I was heading out of the tent. And, and our other friend, also a true hero in this situation, picked up his blanket, which I believe he's still got, yeah. and used it to help me snuff out the rest of the flames that were on the floor. Indeed. So I head outside to see Bongle and he's literally stood over what looks like a tiny car has just crashed into something it's just a, a it looks like someone's taken like a piece of paper and scrunched it up and he went yeah i'll probably be all right you, you probably still be able to like unbend it and use it and i was like nah bungle it's gone mate it's gone <laughs> and that is the story of how george tried to heroically sacrifice us to the fire gods and how we manufactured an and how we manufactured an impromptu flamethrower in a tent <laughs> Good times, good times. He was a hero in the line of fire. Mm. And to be fair, he was in quite a flammable costume too. Oh yeah, we all were. <laughs> so anyway, we've talked. Yeah. We've talked a bit about um, fire safety at LARP. We've talked a bit, a bit about the LARP story. So about tabletop then. Come while we're sitting there having a drink around this lovely campfire. What's your favourite tabletop character you've played, love? See, the thing with me and tabletop is that I've played so many fantasy games. That I have like three stock characters that I use for fantasy games, and they are like generic healer medic type, whatever the system allows, bard or barbarian, preferably barbarian cat girl. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm never sure why people like playing cat people, I, I don't get it. 
because in spite of the fact that I've never actually played one at LARP or made a cat outfit, cat outfits look cool. Humanoid cats look cool. Doesn't really do it for me. Except in the, like, 2019 movie. That movie requires a great deal of alcohol to enjoy. She means the modern remake of Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cats, which is dank. Um, I very much liked the uh, barbarian cat girl that I played in the game that you ran where we did quite a bit of time travel and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was... Originally, I was just a barbarian from the lion tribe. It was like a totem. But then at some point, I managed to wangle lycanthropy. And I was like, I'm going to be a were-lion. There's stats for him in the book and everything. Were-lion. And unfortunately, this did mean that I was so utterly rock-hard that if the player group faced any challenge without my character present, it was going to be a lot, lot scarier than would normally be the case. And if they faced a challenge with my character present, I'd generally just walk up and splat it. See, this, this was in my youthful days of GMing, where when my significant other said they wanted to play some like weird, ridiculous combo, my buy now stock response of no, fuck <laughs> off, hadn't yet formed. <laughs> Although, to be fair, we are on about doing like a one to one Dolmenwood game soon. Um, Gavin Norman's kindly let me in on the playtest so because I can't run another full game just ain't got the time or the three days I'm on about running a, a one-on-one game with Hannah in the Dharma Wood might try some of like, the weird races and classes and whatnot from that uh, to be honest it's an idea I got off a guy called um, Mike uh, Chicago Wiz Online who in his blog runs a, a one-to-one game with his missus mm-hmm. I've been thinking for a bit oh that might be an interesting idea you know Give us something a bit different to do rather than watch telly and whatnot. Yeah, it'd be fun to do. I'm looking forward to giving it a try. Yeah, likewise. I'm also looking forward to uh, coming up in my Star Trek game. One of the other GMs is going to be taking over, and I'll be. Oh playing yeah, you're like Ram Robin sort of GM, aren't you? Go on, ask me what my player character is. It's going to be like a cat girl or something. It's <laughs> a gang like that, or a Klingon it's, or something. It's Cation. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Is that a cat girl? Yeah. <laughs> What am I playing in uh, Scum and Villainy, John? Oh, the medic. <laughs> what do I play when we LT? Healer 2, Rituals 1. <laughs> I'm really disappointed we can't go this year. Whereas I wasn't planning to go anyway. However, since, to be honest, I'd rather run some tabletop. I've got a bit, I've blown a bit cool with LARP at the minute. Might come around to being a bit more enthusiastic for it again at some point in the future. It's but... never about the game, John. It's about the people that you see while you're there. But you see, I, I, I'm about the game. If I'm going to pay a ridiculous sum of money to play a game, I want to play that game. It's not that ridiculous a sum of money. You're, you're right. It, it's not, actually. But to be honest, I'm enjoying more my tabletop a minute. But I am disappointed for you, because I know you were really looking forward to it. And obviously, I, I, luckily, I've just not long before the, the pandemic broke out, I got my licence back. Thankfully, I'm, I'm now classified OK to drive. Mm-hmm due to like my epilepsy and stuff like that. So we were really looking forward to like me being able to take Hannah to the events and not having to worry about transport and hassle people for lifts, also being able to go places. But being able to offer a few lifts yeah, exactly. to the people that but we have unfortunately, from before. Unfortunately, wasn't destined to be. 
like I say, a couple of weeks after I got my licence, the pandemic came in. But to be honest, we're really lucky. We're both pretty healthy. Yeah. We, we've we've got a house. We've got each other in the house. So we cannot really grumble. And obviously our hearts and our prayers go out to anyone who has been tragically affected by this pandemic. We're wishing you all the best, guys. Yeah. See, now the unfortunate thing is, because I've got such a horrendously poor memory, I don't tend to remember many characters. I just remember like odd incidents from the, the character's life. Because whenever like a character dies or a game ends, I'm already thinking about what's the next character I'm going to play in the next game rather than sort of mourning my previous one. One of my favourite um, stories was, though, is when I played in Cody Mazza's Barrow Maze game. And I was like, okay, I don't really know what to play. It's an OSR game, exploring these Barrow Mazes. I found a website that just generates like a random first-level old-school D&D character. I was like, boom. It was like, right, you're a dwarf. I was like, okay, sweet. No problem. And it was Delving Deeper was the system it was using. And in that system, like in the original D&D, all weapons pretty much do like D6 damage. doesn't matter what it is. So like, you know, you punch someone, D6 damage. You stab mm-hmm. someone, D6 damage. You shoot someone, D6 damage. Mm-hmm. We went to we went to this tavern, and I forget the reason why. Like someone someone gave us some grief, gave us some like beef. And, or the, maybe they stole something off us and they ran away. So obviously we gave chase, but we hadn't got any weapons on us because we weren't allowed to take weapons into this settlement. So I was like, oh, right, okay, I'll, um, it, I can't catch up with them because I'm a dwarf. I've got a little stumpy legs. Right, okay, I'm going to look for something. I can like throw thing. I'll throw it. Oh, oh, yeah, I'll break off this stool leg. I'll throw it between their legs. It'll leg them up and that'll give me time to like catch up with them. <laughs> so I wang this, this chair leg at this guy. I like, pretty much crit my roll. Roll a six on like the D6 damage. Get D6 whatever. Down he goes, brown bread. And that was him dealt with. And I still get people who are playing in that session sort of joking to me about now. It's like when we were doing Purple Worm the other day and we were talking about weapon damage, Colin was like, oh, we're going to know about John and his chair legs. <laughs> so that I very much enjoyed. Um, what other characters have I enjoyed? I am enjoying playing Zenith, my sort of Jedi slash mystic in Scum and Villainy. Mm. That's very entertaining. I'm also enjoying Johannes' Call of Cthulhu game at the minute where I'm playing a sort of diet Oscar Wilde sort of arty character which I'm quite enjoying because it's not the normal sort of D&D style character it's a bit more investigative a bit more social based so you know you get to talk a bit more with NPCs and whatnot so that's quite entertaining well I'm still trying to get you to play an NPC in my game at some point I think that anyone who's listening ought to make a suggestion for what sort of a Star Trek character John should enjoy we'll see if we can persuade him good, to do it good, good luck with that audience I wish you well <laughs> Let's see, what other characters have I, have I enjoyed? I've played, I've played loads of vampire characters and I've pretty much enjoyed all of them for various different reasons. Um, it's only fairly recently again though that I've actually started to like get, since Johannes has started to run a few games, that I've really started to like play in games though. Cause I, I, yeah, because you've done an awful lot of one-offs where you've been playing recently and then not any like campaigns as such for... Yeah, it was like um, time. I, I did enjoy my character in Johannes' Stars Light Number game that we played before Cthulhu and like, Scum and Villainy. Mm. That's on the sort of temporary hiatus where I started off playing um, sort of like the, the Kaylee of the group, you know, the sort of engineer woman for like a starship. And then due to getting like a feat slash power at one level, and I was like, none of them interest me. I've already got all the pilot ones. I've already got all the engineer ones that I want. And Johannes is like, well... Have a look at this unique one because that, that means you and the GM work out what's going on. And we came up with my character being like a secret Cylon, being like an AI. And um, 
on the last session of the campaign we'd, we'd basically taken some nanobots out of like, my character's body and like re-engineered them and I programmed them so that when these nanobots got into someone almost like the bug but they didn't like rewrite you physically all they did was they rewrote your mind so it was an exact mm-hmm. copy of my mind in your original body all right so if okay. I infected you you'd be John but still looking like Hannah but mentally you'd be John okay so and the, the players were like alright okay yeah this is like our emergency like measure like we're not just gonna like, fire this off randomly and then they left me sort of sat at the base and they went away to do something and they're, they're on the comms to me and they're like chatting away and i can't remember what dennis said but dennis said something he was like the leader of the group he said something that was basically like oh i, I don't think we've got much chance of getting out of this and i was like right i understand <laughs> so fire fire this missile off it hit the base like sort of past the player characters who were headed towards the base, hit the base, exploded, they got there, and they were like, oh, because they didn't know where it come from. I'm like, oh, the fuck's going on? I was like, there's like minimal damage. And when they turned up, all the people who'd been our enemies who were like inside were coming out, and they were like, oh, hello, how are you? Oh, it's good to see you all again, because they're all me. <laughs> and then while they, were, while they were dealing with that, like I ac- accidentally, in inverted commas, like leaked a load of the rest of the nanobots into the base we were in. <laughs> So that all of our people got reprogrammed to be me, and I was like, "Well, it's not my fault that like these humans obviously didn't load the canisters correctly." <laughs> so we had like a, a sort of mini nano apocalypse at the end of the game, which is quite good fun. I enjoyed that. Oh so that's it for this episode of Red Dice Diaries RPG podcast. We hope you've enjoyed our campfire stories. And we'll see you next time. If you want to get in touch with us, you can leave a voicemail using SpeakPipe address in the episode description, or you can leave us an email. The address is rddrpgpodcast at gmail.com. Take care, stay safe, and keep gaming.